from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. <laughs> wow, I'm worn out. Back to the Polynesians. Yeah, you got to get your uh, mouth-shaped waffles. Hour number two, here we go. Big and Wild Outdoors. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you so much for getting up early and checking us out on this rainy, rainy Saturday day. It's going to be a bad one pretty much for the entire day. Numerous showers with isolated thunderstorms, highs in the mid-80s, southwest winds 5 to 10, and a chance of rain 70%. So you're going to get wet no matter where you go sometime during the day. So well, Good day to take a nap. And uh, that looks like it's going to be that way pretty much for Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday at least. Uh, Great sleeping weather. Really? It, it was, it's going to be nasty. It's I want to go do something. Hey, I yeah. don't give a rat's rear end. That's some of the best naps I've ever had in my life. Crack, crack the window, listen to it rain, and just... In a camper. Drift off, baby. In, a in your house. You know what? I always say the I'd... best one is when you put something like out on the, on a big green egg or out on the smoker or something, and you crack the windows to listen to the rain, and every once in a while that smoke kind of wafts through the house, and you're like, oh, yeah. In about four hours, it's going to be good. Oh, wait a minute. I got to go spray it a little bit. Yeah. And then it's going to be real lazy around here, because once that belly gets pulled down and the eyelids start getting heavy, it's a. <sighs> what time is it? It's 12 o'clock. Okay, I'm going to go to bed. Uh, but it's going to be one of those rainy, rainy days like that, so uh, do what you got to do, I guess. I'm thinking beachside and drinks today. You know what? Some of the best beach days are when it's raining because the sand is nice and flat. It's easy to walk. It's nice. It's good skimboarding weather, and uh, there's no touristies out there on the – especially if you get those big streaks of light that come falling from the clouds every those once in a while. Best. <laughs> no, the best. No. Uh, no. You know what's even better? The ones you really want to chase them off is if you just look out over and you look out in the Gulf and it's about eight miles out and you go, water spout, it's coming our way. And then, you know, they. Or shark. Shark works too. Yeah. And they're easy to spot in the waters like that. So it's all. Shark? Good. Yeah. Shark. Yeah. Sharks. Okay. Oh. Shark. Jaws. There's none. There's none left. That was his lead-in to talk about what happened last uh, yeah. Saturday. He caught them see, all. They're did gone. Did you get that? Because yes. we already see that transition in. Yeah, but I'm sitting here thinking, okay, water spout, shark, water spout, shark. Yeah, pretty much I'm okay with the shark, but water spout, not so much. Did, <laughs> I surfed in water spouts. It's no big deal. Yeah, I know you were going to go out shark fishing. We were we all, going. Yeah. No, wait, 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 well, wait. Let me, let me set the mood, seeing as I was the one in between the two brother-in-laws last week talking about their shark fishing trip. Well, you have to or, understand, if you weren't listening, Bill George, is it, it was an invite by Vince to go fishing. No, no, no. no let me, I'm setting up the mood here. Okay, it go was, ahead. It right. was, as Braden put it, it was the Vince Noble shark fishing <laughs> extravaganza <laughs> that started out as Vince, Braden, you know, a few close, air quotes, friends, that, as Braden said, morphed into four bodyguards, <laughs> velvet rope, you know. MTV Party Bash 2020. That, that, that kind of a deal. 
No, it was not. I mean, there were blenders and pina coladas no, and uh, chicks like on top away. of speaker cabinets well, with. Uh, we had the goose the ice sculptures over here yes, with he the shrimp get bar. The nickname Don for nothing, right? I, well, that is true. Loose Bill Dose, see? <laughs> you go big or you go home, right? You go big or you go home. Exactly. Well, you have to understand that. Uh, you know, I said, "What time are you going to head over there?" He says, well, "I'm going to get there." Probably about uh, 7 30, 8 o'clock, in after, or like right after the show, but usually it's like well, 7 or 8. And I said, Why do you get to the beat so early? For setup. For the setup for the, the whole day. Setup meant you were getting set up. No, it's the set tent. Up, the no, tent, no. the tent, the chairs, the generators. The grill, the, the, I mean, all the stuff, the you grill, know. The amplifiers. This, I mean, this wasn't going up to North Florida. This was. This was you down here? Extreme yeah, off the beach shark fishing. Extreme. Captain Huggins. Extreme. No, let me hold tell on, you. Hold on, hold we on. take your keys when you come. Extreme <laughs> off the beach shark fishing team drove all the way down here from Georgia ah. to be a part of this and take us out and go beach shark fishing. They drove all the way down here. I don't know how long it takes to get from where it is they're going, but I'm going to guess at least 10, 12 hours. Okay. So they get down here. They get everything set up. They call the show. We're ready for you guys. Let's get over here. As soon as we get off the air, Vince literally, you know, changes his flip flops and he's on his way. Grabs a stingray or two. My dad, yeah, sure. my father, showed up literally at the radio station unexpectedly. Never knew he was coming. No nothing. Drove all the way down from Louisiana to and do the shark fishing. No, no he, just, he just showed up, dude. Just showed up. Poof. Here's here he is. Felt like getting out of the house and wanted to go for a ride. Next thing you know, he's uh, here at the radio station. So I have to go wake up the kids, get them up, load them up, go over and uh, sit around the house. And Vince is calling me every about 20 minutes. We're out here. Are you coming? Are you ready to go? I'm like, dude, I can't leave just yet. Dad showed up. All right, okay, well, call me when you're on your way. 20 minutes later, what's up? What's going on? Party's <laughs> up, man. You coming? You going to get out of here? So this happened until uh, about the fifth phone call. Dude, bro, forget it. Don't even bother. Why? What's going on? Apparently, there was a family emergency with mom. And when it comes to Southern boys, and especially Georgia boys. Which we're happy to report mom's everything's mom's good. good. Mom's all good. good. But there was a, an infarction with mom, and she had to go to the emergency room. So literally, these people who've only been in town for about eight hours, hours. <laughs> eight, 12 hours at the most, packed up all their gear. I mean, you know, they, they pull this ginormous trailer with these big, huge, you know, surf rods and everything and everything to fish with. Bait, you know, he's out here in the parking lot pulling stingrays out of uh, Travis's <laughs> boat. That was freaking hilarious. From uh, Twisted Limbs Boat Fishing, <laughs> who brought over some bait in the morning, and he brought over like uh, five or six big old stingrays. There, so were, there was a lady, literally a man and a woman that were jogging, <clears throat> and me and Vince were standing over there by the boat, and... Travis is, <laughs> Travis is like, you throw this little one. He's like, hey, you want this one? <laughs> Pulls out this freaking four foot wide Florida ray. And I'm like, mother of God. <laughs> That's a lot of bait right there. Are we fishing for jaws or what's the deal? <laughs> so out of all that, Vince loads it up in the back of uh, his mom's or his wife's car and uh, takes off. Uh, he calls me. He's like, they got to go. I said, what do you mean they got to go? He goes, well, apparently, uh, you know. Kevin Muggins' mom's not doing well, so they're literally packing up everything and zipping out of here right now. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? I hope she's okay, man. I mean, that's a, but that's <laughs> typical, man. You get somewhere and you're going to be, ah, it's going to be the greatest vacation ever. And you got to go back. I got 10 dozen of shrimp in the car, four or five stingrays. Like, we so had you, four or five bonitos. shrimp and scallops. So you know you what he did? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> 
I call him later. I go, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. I said, you eat no shrimp? He goes, yeah. And uh, he goes, I got to call. I got to call Captain Travis Gibbs recipe because we cooked this stingray and it is horrible. Tastes <laughs> like, you know what? <laughs> he said it tastes like what plastic, like what burnt plastic. How did you burn? Burnt, okay, burnt, we got to yeah. talk about this when we come back. Right, so we'll I want to hear how you call. All right, right we'll take it. a break. It is, yeah, I want to hear how you prepped it as well. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. <laughs> We're brought to you by our good friends over there at G5 Feeding Outdoors. They are open. Go see them today. Get your fishing gear, hunting gear, all that stuff. It's all there. And then, of course, you're going to need a truck or car to haul it all in. So go see our good friend Brooksy Hall over there at Brandon Ford. We'll get you a new one today. We'll be right back. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Big Wild Outdoors. Jonathan Swindle's in the house, proprietor of the uh, Arrowhead Archery and Family Heritage Outdoors. Uh, you uh, can go check it out online. Book yourself a nice hunt. This is a good time of year to get that done. Yes, you can. Get it down on paper so you know it's coming up and be excited. Kind of like the Panfish Challenge in a couple of weeks out there at uh, Panda Vista Lodge on June 20th. Also in the middle, middle chair is our good friend Vince Noble, the Don of Indian Rocks Beach. Of course, also the host of Living the Water Life TV on Carbon TV. Just look for it at any time, streaming anytime. Yes, sir. You can get it through your Xbox or cable or phone or whatever. Fire stick, whatever. Whatever. No, I, I love sitting, when I was traveling, traveling the airport, I was watching your episodes on my phone, man, sitting there plugged into the wall. And then, of course, on the end, uh, the man himself, the... Uh, the B in GNB Gator Gear, uh, Mr. Bill George, is in the house back from Pennsylvania. And on the phones this morning, is it Captain... Calvin uh, from Louisiana. Oh, no. What does that Cajun want? <laughs> What's up, Captain? Good morning, sir. What's going on? How y'all doing? How Good, you doing? You got, uh, you got a storm heading your way, man. You out fishing? Nah, I mean, I could have actually been on the water today, but uh, I had to get the boat out and bring it in home. Bring it home. He's uh, prepping. <laughs> yeah, what's the name of that dang storm? Christoph? Christolian? Yeah, I, I don't know. It, this thing, I mean, it's just going to be a little bit of wind and some rain. Yeah, for Y'all going uh, to get some of it, too, I heard. We already are. We're getting it. We've been getting it for the past two days. It's uh, pushing all the garbage over it, here on this it, side. It's amazing from somebody else who's been through it. When you go through, like, a Cat 4 or a Cat 5 hurricane, Right. Anything like this, you're just like, it's just yeah, wind and rain. It's just wind and rain. Like I said, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be appropriate for the air, but it's like a fart in the Gulf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm much. stealing that. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the, as worried as he is, the worst thing is, is just I want to get the boat out of the water and get it home where it's safe. That's about it. Just so it just That's the money maker right there. You got to keep, keep that safe. I tell you, man, I, do you ever go home? What do you just like run by the house, kiss the wife, grab a peanut butter sandwich, and jump back on the boat? Because following you on For social media, all you do is go catch fish, man. Hold Pretty on, before fun. you answer, Calvin. No, he builds he builds sheds too. No, he don't. Yes, he does. He's got people. For Look that. at that shed in his backyard, no, no, brother. I'm, I'm building that shed personally. I mean, I'm I got I'm going to try to finish it. Uh, put the roof on it today. Yeah, one shed. Woohoo! <laughs> it's taken him two years to build it. I know how coon asses are. It takes him forever to fix something. Stop. <laughs> it takes forever. Unless it's on the boat, then it's got to be fixed today. Well, yeah, well, the boat makes money. The shed's costing money. Yeah, see, that's how it works. I mean, uh, you know, you get a chip of paint on that uh, engine cover, and all of a sudden it's spending the next day looking for a new one or something that'll match it up. 
or finding a cousin that does paint work. Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm in the market for a new boat, but my wife's not. <laughs> what are you thinking? What kind of boat are you even thinking about? Like a I don't center know. console? I mean, I like mine. Uh, they make mine now in a bigger, uh, bigger. So I'm thinking about maybe getting another one like mine. But what is the one you have now? I have a ultra elite Carolina skiff. But, okay. Uh, it's called the 21 elite, but it's almost 22 foot. And now they make it in the 26. Hey, hey, Calvin. Yes. You can trade them both in if you have to. Ooh. Ooh. That ain't right. Hold on. I know, I know his wife, and she will whoop your butt. I was boy. just going to say, obviously, Bill George has never met his wife. No. Yeah, no. Uh, look, it's cheaper to keep him. It is. Yeah. Because Cal- Calvin, he's sitting in a radio studio. She's at the house right now. That's so right. It's, yeah. Now, I got I to gotta ask you, why Why did you pick a Carolina skiff? I mean, them suckers are uh, they're heavy and they're. They're, uh, you know, they'll beat you to death. I know you like to finish uh, fishing well, the skinny stuff. Actually, back in the, the back. one I have isn't uh, isn't your prototypical Carolina skiff. It's kind of a hybrid. It's got a it's got a V to it. It uh, it doesn't beat you up as bad. Mm-hmm. It's but it floats real shallow. Yeah. Well, I mean, where you are, I mean, I mean, I'm not throwing out names or nothing, but. In the area where you are, there are some incredible uh, boat makers out there. I mean, you, you've got guys who, uh, in their own little shed, they may build only maybe 20 boats a year, but uh, they're making some incredible beaver tail boats and stuff that run through like four inches of water, man. Those things are yeah, awesome. Yeah, but we have, I mean, we have a lot of, we we cross a lot of open bays. I mean, not, not as big as what y'all crossing, but I mean, and they're real shallow, so they get rough real fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get a thunderstorm, and you might have five, six footers. <laughs> so those beaver tails don't really work real well for guiding. I mean, if I was using it for just personal reasons, yeah, but I mean for guiding, no. What about like the nautic star, like Jim has, Captain Jim has? That's, that's a that's a really nice boat. And, I mean, too big, uh, I think. Uh, and, I, and I like his boat, and I mean they got a couple of guys in here run them. I can get a little shallower than them, but the the thing is, I got a deal on a Carolina skiff. I didn't, you know, Nautic Star didn't offer me a deal. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. What what about Sea Arc? I, I mean, I like those. I know our buddy uh, Captain Carl used to run one of those because they're really huge, wide. They're nice and wide. Got plenty of room to fish in. I never really looked at them. I mean, uh, most of the people down here run the skiers and uh, like the, the Nautic Stars, and uh, so a lot of people are running my jacks. Yeah. Well, I like the Carolina skiff myself also. It's been a very stable boat. We get a bunch of people alligator hunting. Everybody wants to be on the same side as the alligator, right. and everybody can go over there and fight it and deal with it. And That's yeah, one thing for stable. sure. Yeah, but it's perfect for that. You're on a lake. You're not going real fast. It's all easy, mostly at night. And they have high sides, and they weigh a ton, so it's like pulling a gator into a, the side of a barge. So, yeah, for that, it's perfect. I like Calvin's boat. I've been on his boat. I like his boat. You know what? I don't, and I haven't been on his boat. Well, okay? you need to get your butt to Louisiana and go. <laughs> no, he can drive. If that's such a great boat, I want to meet me down here over at uh, I would, Treasure I, Island. I don't know, though. You might want to go to Louisiana because you can keep some fish. Exactly. Yeah, keep... exactly. <laughs> no, I couldn't because I got all them cousins there that all of a sudden would be calling me going, hey, I heard you caught a bunch of fish. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking no, about. By the time, by time Calvin cleans you it. You don't tell them you're here till you get back to Florida. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah then, I go, then I just wait for the ass you know, kicking to come uh, around Christmas time. <laughs> Oh well. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah. I mean, we were busy. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was a real, 
It was a real quick trip, and you know, I, I, I really it was like last minute thing. I didn't have time to call y'all. Are you kidding? You do that to Shel- Chantel Fontaine, and oh man, you are uh, uh-uh. ain't no way, <laughs> <laughs> ain't no way that's happening. Now man. what, Calvin? What is uh, what is the limits now in Louisiana? Still about the same? Yeah, uh, the spectrotron are probably going to go down to around fifteen next year. Uh, but I mean, right now they're still twenty five per person. Oh my god, twelve inches, <laughs> twelve inches and larger. Uh, and redfish is five per person, sixteen inches and up. To, well, sixteen to twenty-seven. Yeah. Okay. So I could tell you, I was, I've been, haven't had the chance to talk to you on the air, but I've listened a couple times when I've been out. The right. biggest argument that I've ever gotten into in my shop about bow fishing was because mm-hmm. of your state. Uh, because of redfish. Yes, sir. We had a guy that was in there, and we were talking about bow fishing, and another gentleman who I will not name, who owns a fish company in town, but is from Louisiana, was talking about a bow fishing charter that they went on, and he's like, "Man, we shot twenty five or twenty or twenty five redfish. I mean, twenty plus inch, you know, twenty to thirty right. inch redfish, and this guy just had a fit." about it he goes you can't do that you, and he's like son in louisiana we can do pretty much it's insane. in louisiana you can yeah in louisiana is the only state that you can shoot redfish so yeah but you uh, can't shoot bass you can't shoot speckled trout but you can shoot redfish and drum yeah sheephead you know, well sheep's that are cool. now wait, wait when you say bass what kind of bass like freshwater bass large, like large, large, yeah, yeah, large mouth. well yeah you can't do that here either i mean it's a game fish but right. uh the thing that always gets me is you think about the amount of of fish and crustaceans and everything else that's pulled out of the waters between the tip of Louisiana and the coast of Texas, and they have some of the most lenient fishing rules out there when it comes to that kind of stuff. You would think with the amount of fish that they pull out of those waters every single year that they'd be restrictions out the yin-yang as compared to Florida. We don't pull out near as much as they do at all. Well, we- we have the estuary that can hold the fish. Y'all don't really have the, I mean, y'all have fish that pass through. We have fish that are born in the marsh and never leave the marsh. But yep. we have that happen. I mean, when it comes to snook and things like that, I mean, you know, reds go offshore and, you know, do some breeding and all that kind of stuff and move back in, the big bulls and stuff. Just, but- just, uh, just to give a reference, um, in one spot, you pull up to one spot, what's the most red fish you ever caught? In one day? In, yeah, one day in one spot. Do Four. not move and just go to one spot. Four. When I was a younger <laughs> man, uh, me and my two other friends literally filled up a uh, an old school stringer with three on each one, so I'm going to say probably around 40. Okay. I've pulled up to one spot just in the last three weeks and caught 300. Holy you know what? Don't even try. I to tip my hat to you, off. sir. Getting all bragging. <laughs> and I mean, it, and, it, and it's not like it's rocket science, really. It's just a lot of shrimp under a cork. But it's just that they have, you know, a lot of bait. I mean, that's just how many fish, how many redfish we have in our marshes. That's crazy, man. It's a lot of fish. Okay, you you just beat me because the one day we fished at Marco with a guy that we fished with down there a lot, we caught right. I caught like fifteen. I'm, I'm telling you, Brayden, you want to have a good time, man. We need to go up oh, there and go see Calvin. I know. Get those popping corks in the shrimp, and we're golden all day. You don't you don't fish any artificials at all? You're, yeah, you do. You fish oh, no, voodoos. No. I do. I mean, I fish the tournament series a lot. I mean, when I have time, and I fish artificial. But, I mean, when I have clients, most of my, you know, most clients don't fish that often. Uh, 
we're real grassy, so we fish a lot of the edge of the grass lines with the popping corks and a lot of shrimp. But I mean, mm-hmm. if somebody if somebody can cast and you can pinpoint cast, and I'll get you, a, I'll put the tower on the boat and get you on the tower. And we'll sight fish. Right. Yeah. Well, that would be fun. I would like to do that. I mean, uh, the whole reason why I, I went with the uh, voodoo shrimp was because of you. I know that. Oh, it, it, it's a great. It is a great lure. Yeah, it's a great bait, and we we sell a lot of them at G five. Believe it or not, I mean, people, some of them people have never heard of it before, and they're like, "Yeah, hey, man, I'm gonna give these a try." I mean, and next thing you know, they're all the packs are gone. So <laughs> obviously, it works out pretty good. Well, I, I tell you, I hope you guys make it through the storm okay up there. I know it's gonna get kind of crazy, but uh, be safe out there. And maybe one of these weekends, uh, you know, I'll do I'll pull a Rodney and just show up at your driveway. I was just gonna say, what's a good time if I can talk Braden into it? What's a good time to get him up there and do some fishing? Uh, the best thing to do is call me. I mean, yeah, you know, COVID kind of shut us all down. <laughs> you yeah. know, everybody. But I mean, now you know, people are just talking to me in the house. All right, I mean, Calvin. Yeah, we've been pretty busy. Well, that's good. good deal, man. Stay safe. We'll, we'll figure it out one of these days. But uh, right. if I show up, just expect that at least two cousins are going to have to come with me. So uh, we'll, we'll work it out. All right. <laughs> so get that new boat. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you, Cap. Captain Duvall. Uh, what's the name of his charters again? Now? Duvall's Cajun Charters. Yeah, that's – oh, that's a tough one to remember. Yeah. Oh. Captain Duvall's Cajun Charters. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break, you guys. It's a Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. I'm Brandon Ford. Stay right on him. Diego, you're being a mind reader today, man. You did this one, and then you uh, did the little Bob good Marley song. one on there. It was all, it's all pretty good. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> it's Big and Wild Outdoors. Great rainy day music. We appreciate you uh, being here and joining us on this rainy Saturday morning. We are live in the studio here at the Beasley Broadcasting Empire. Uh, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Vince, the Don Noble, and, of course, Bill George and Diego. We're all here. And uh, I got a little question I... I recently joined a um, a group that I I'm surprised and shocked that Bill George is not a part of because usually they tell you that you know who all's in it or at least you know your friends. Yeah, Bill George actually has to be on Facebook. He's not in there. Oh, that's true too. Uh, but uh, a young guy, I kind of know the answer to this already because I asked. But uh, first time hunter seems to be a lot of them these days. Uh, starting last year, I could not believe how many first timers. Uh, we're coming in. Which is stuff. really good, though. In a way, it is. Yes, it is. But I think sometimes the first time may be the last time for a lot of uh, those mm-hmm. guys. But um, the question was posed, what is the purpose of filing down the barbs on a snag hook, first-time hunter? Well, there's a couple different uh, reasons for that. One is if you turn around and you're trying to get penetration, the, a hook is hard to penetrate into the hide of an alligator. If you file down the barb, it allows you to get that penetration a little bit better. You don't file it all the way down, do you? I oh, mean, there's, there, there's ones that file it completely, just no barb at all. Just a point. Just a point, and that'll allow you to actually get the barb in a little bit deeper. 
But on the same side is if you're trying to get the bar, the hook back out, a.k.a. catch and release, mm -hmm. it's easier to pull that hook back out of the, the alligator. The barb doesn't get caught up on the hide trying to pull it out. And if you turn around and you end up with it uh, through your hand or the back of somebody else's calf or something else, uh, um, it's uh, hey. God, I've, I just got chills. I, I, I have a pair I'll of bolt suck cutters. It up, I have a pair of bolt cutters that I keep in my my gator box now, just because of the people I have come across on the water mm. that have had incidents, not mm. on our boat, but on other people's boats where they have hooks through their hand and everything else, and you can't pull that barb back through, so you need just to cut it off. That's you gonna, know, That's oh. going to itch like crazy. Oh, man. Kind of like wounds. the old-school Indian injury, break the arrow off and push it on through. I guess. Do something. But I, I understand that that would make it easier, but my question would have been, instead of filing it in a round uh, pull, you know, like a, just a regular round ground on it, would it behoove you to uh, actually do like a three-point, like on the tip of like on a muzzy broadhead, you know, where you got that wedge, you know, that, that really seems to penetrate. I know on your on your darts, those seem to be the best sellers. Uh, people like that muzzy broadhead-looking thing, trunk card, where it just goes but right through. But if you turn around and you look at any hook for penetration, you don't file a hook on all sides. It's the, the one side's always the leading edge. I don't... I, I'm not a physicist and, and whatnot, but that's just what they do. You know, you don't file the outside of the hook, right? Just the inside? Just the inside. I always saw people file the outside in the curve end. Do that's it that way, you know, on the outside, not on the inside. Okay. But I'm just saying if you truncated it, like you said, would it make it penetrate better and, and be able to come out better? A sharp hook, it, for me, a hook does not penetrate well on an alligator anyways. So you're, you want that very sharp tip just so it holds on to a scale because once you get slack in it, he it gone. comes off. Yeah. It comes off. Now, Bill, do you strictly do it with the, the hook and line, or do you harpoon too? We harpoon. Yeah. If he's big, if he's, you know, we need to get a harpoon into him, we'll use the harpoon. We'll use a spear gun. Uh, spear gun's much easier for a kid or Jonathan. Um. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> but uh, no, it's is it a spear gun's real easy for people. They can point it, pull a trigger. Um, but if he, he, especially if you're in some thick, nasty stuff, uh, when we had Jonathan's daughter out, the alligator oh. pulled us through the hyacinths. We were all up in there, and it was just trying to get enough of an opening and get it figured out where she could get a dart into it. But then once you have that dart in it, you you pretty much have an alligator. You could grab a hold of and drag back out if you need to. I think that uh, the most um, I would say the most prevalent reason to use it was before because of what you said if you're going to actually do the catch and release which you're yes. allowed to do these days Yes, because I, I, I don't know how many times uh, you know at the end you're at the processors and you're trying to get all your snatch hooks back while you're at the processors, and it's not easy. If it really goes in and gets in underneath that hide, it doesn't come out. Sure. I mean, and you're going to – It's there's a lot of knife work involved to get your hooks back. But if it's filed down the way you say it is, then it makes it a little easier to get that bad boy oh, back yes. out. So. Oh, yeah. So you just pull – Well, and that it. was one of the coolest things when we went with Bill 
and Ava still tells people about this to this day, is we caught a six-and-a-half-footer and laid him laid it across the back of the boat. I've got a picture of him and Ava sitting there holding it. And I don't know how many people, it cracks me up, of how many people that are like, you can't do that. I'm like, what do you mean I can't do that? Well, once you catch them, you got to dispatch them. I'm like, um, no, you don't. <laughs> we we, we <laughs> use them. that? Oh, just people that don't it, know. It's people, it's like I laughed and told him one time before, it's the people that I think watch swamp people or something like that and that's what they think that once you lay hands on the alligator you've got to dispatch the alligator well it's two, di- it's, two, it's two different things we're recreational in florida that's that's actually harvesting that's industrial that's yeah. that's totally different totally different scenario well here if you use a a you know bait or anything like that you are to take it if you use a snare or a snatch hook and that's all you've used on the alligator you can turn around and release him let it go see i like the harpoon harpoon seems more fun to me yeah but if you do that then that's your gator but the thing is if you turn around and you want to go out there and let's say shopping i have people who are (laughs) looking for a set of boots okay I can turn around, we snag the alligator, bring him up, put a snare on him, bring him in the boat. Now we pull him in, and we're looking at the hide. Is he all bit up? Is he scarred up? Is it is it going to make a good hide for what it is they're looking to do? So like if, Jonathan said, you're shopping. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Well, and I mean, at the end of the day, and I told me and Bill talked about this in the boat, and I've had this discussion with several people, his method of doing it, You've got all these people who are wanting data about, you know, I mean, you look at how they tag sailfish and all this other stuff. That's another good thing. You could get guys like Bill or other people who know Start what tagging. they're doing. But FWC and, does not wish to participate in that. Uh, and no, exactly. They don't. And that's, it's it's kind of like the Goliath Trooper, grouper. Up. Oh. We, we we need data, <laughs> but we don't want From your data. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, uh, now uh, I got another question because um, another newbie came on there and asked, uh, "What is the best and cheapest setup when it comes to rod reel combo? What what are you using these days for yours? You're using open face, aren't you? I'm using spinning, a spinning reel. Yeah, yeah. What kind do you remember? Because I know didn't Glenn buy an Akuma for his? I don't know if you want if you one. want just a a good basic rod like an ugly stick six and a half foot you know lots of action that will get you to be able to wing a hook out there you will not be able to manhandle a big alligator with that but you'll keep the hook on it and you'll have to work to get then a a throw hook or something if you if you run into biggie biggie so well i I think that a lot of people um i don't know if they've seen it on videos or whatever but they think it's like reeling in a tarpon or a Goliath grouper that is all done with the rod and reel. And uh, I guess you could do that on probably a four or five footer, perhaps, if you have the right line and, and the right rod reel set up. Uh, I know that we sell 200-pound uh, Calcutta line sure. that uh, some people really like. Now some guys like don't even go higher than like 60 or 80 because they want to be able to cast far. Correct. and they. And they want to be able to get it in with a lot of line, and then get another snatch hook on it. Like, what are your one of your, what do you call those things? The one rig that you the got? The Willie kit. Yeah, the Willie kit. You know, you throw that rig out there, and then put a bigger line on it, and then maybe put another one on him yeah. because we, uh, you know, 
And then the first thing you want to do is get that rod out of the way and start working with I don't remember which rod. rod you had me using that time we went out, but I was putting some torque on that joker. Yeah, we turn around. I use something like a ugly stick, you know, to get my first line on it because that, that allows you to actually have a better opportunity of keeping that hook engaged with it. If you use a heavy boat rod that allows you to manhandle it, when that alligator turns and starts going a different direction, it's easy for him to get slack in the line and get that hook off. So, yeah. but yeah, that's that's the one thing where you cannot not keep tension on the line. But if you get slack in that line, that hook can I, I tell you, it can fall right I tell out. you, I'm going to be getting with G5. We're going to do another seminar out there at G5 again this year. Oh, please no! And um, you know, we'll Perfect we'll go zone. through it all. Well, this year, don't do it while you're sitting in a boat like, you know, Captain Bly, like a commander, standing there like Captain Morgan, one leg up. And this is how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I have you, you come on the help port. me. No, I'm not going to. You're going to wear a gator suit. He's going to chuck a hook at you. I'm busting on him. Oh, watch that. I'm busting on him. It started raining. Take off so running, Braden. <laughs> he was going through his boat setup seminar, part of the seminar, when I walked out. And I was like, what? what? you just making everybody stand around the boat while you do it? <laughs> Look at me, I'm in the boat. This is how you do it. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Chief 5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay right here. If you want to call, you can. 888-404-1010 is 888-404-1010. Wild Outdoors. Thanks for getting up, joining us today. Rainy Saturday. It's going to be a rainy, 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 rainy day. 70% chance for rain today. Numerous showers and isolated thunderstorms. Highs will be in the mid-80s. I don't know how that happens, but it does. And it looks like it's going to be with us for at least the next uh, three days. Good day to catch up on all the uh, Living the Water Life episodes on Carbon TV. I like how you think. That would be a good idea. Yeah, laze around and do that kind of thing. I was going to suggest that it would be a good day to uh, also head out in the woods and throw about uh, four or five bags of uh, no plow out on your uh, suggested food And watch it wash away. No, 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 the no, food, no, the, uh, the, the no plow. You throw it in amongst the grass and whatever it is out there, and sh- the rain will wash it, it right on down. No, well, it'll be fine. It'll be perfect. That's what I'm saying. It'll wa- the rain will wash the seed, get good gar- ground contact. Yeah, it'll Jonathan, it'll come up in no time. You know, okay. not all not all of us have a. a, a I'll a, come seed your front yard, and we'll see how it does. It'll do I fine. live in a cow pasture, so I it's know. not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, speaking of that, I was going to suggest that uh, talking to you, uh, rain or no rain, but this is the time of year where if you have not uh, committed to getting your food plots pretty much done and in the ground, I mean, it's is it, it's not too late to get her done, especially with some of it's the... It's never uh, too late. It's never too late to get some of the grasses and things like that, but well, I was also going to suggest that it's also not a uh, bad time. Literally, ladies and gentlemen, it's June. Okay. I can't believe it's June already. It's June. So in another um, two months, or at the end of the, by July, it, it'll be 
deer season all over right, again. Right now, you, last month and this month is usually the best time for your clay peas and everything else to get that in the ground. Well, uh, but also this is also a good time to make sure that you start uh, getting your feeding regiment going in there. I'm not saying that the feeder has to go off every single day, but, you know, maybe every three days or every other day or whatever it is you think you're going to do depending on traffic. And uh, if you're going to be putting out – uh, minerals or anything like Bulk that. Bulk protein and all that's really good right now. Get it out on the ground if it's a liquid where you can put it on the ground and all that stuff so they can go out there and dig a big giant hole. Um, it's it's This is the time of year to start getting that stuff uh, prepared and getting it ready and getting them uh, used to it being out there. Uh, I know some people, you know, they wait to the last minute and it's two days before, but even if you're not one of those people who are going to participate down south in July... Um, it's not too early to get things started uh, where, like, where both George is and stuff. He maintains his feeders year-round. Glenn usually does as well. I know that you do all year-round. Your one-and-dones are spending all the time. So, Not to mention all the supplements and everything else exactly. we put Exactly. I mean, but if you're one of those who's got a new piece of property or you got a new section or you got a place where you're thinking about doing it uh, – don't don't wait till November, man. What kind of supplements are you putting out? A little weight gainer or what? Uh, what so we carry analogics at Arrowhead, and they have everything from protein feeds to blocks to salt mineral licks to liquid. I mean, just down down the line. So I That's and I cool. use every bit of it. Well, there's certain things that you need for uh, if you know we've talked about it on the show many times if you're. Looking for antler growth and things like that. You, it's, it's not corn. It's it's not fat. It's not protein that grows bone. It's you know it's magnesium, calcium. You know things like that that they need that are more important, uh, especially for antler growth. But also, uh, I remember when we used to do you know around the Hornmax commercials. I mean, it, it also helps with does yeah. in, in their lactation. And uh, next thing you know, if you're feeding them right, they're they're not having singles. Well, they're having doubles and, and triples. The one thing that I that I've learned. Over the past couple of years, and I started to do this. Uh, you take briars, for instance. Everybody looks at briars and hates briars. I well, like briars ice I, cream. I, I've purposely now gotten into a system to where I have, you could call them a grove or a patch or whatever you want to call it, but I will leave the briars alone and actually fertilize them, spray them, and all that just so that the berry production's better, the mast it's better, the mass is better, which is the green stuff that they eat. And people don't realize that there's a lot between antioxidants and everything else like we do with drinking cranberry juice and doing other things like that 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 helps a deer's digestion. That's you know? actually really cool. And it's it's, and it's, a, it's science. a science. Yeah, I was say you got to have a I mean there's a whole industry around that and it's a complete science. You know, it used to be you know, we used to always talk about, uh, you know, you can't grow a good kid if you're feeding him nothing but lollipops. <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> God, had no idea that you, you had all that. You do all that. Corn, yeah. okay. corn no idea. No, no. Corn is basically converted almost instantaneously to sugar. All you I mean, got to do is just, dig a hole in the ground, put a seed in, and it'll grow. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, for the most part. It seems to have worked for a very long time doing it that way, but... Uh, I mean, you look at... Uh, the, Put some anorganite over it so it keeps it off of them long enough for it to sprout, but that's, you know... You look at look at the efforts that, uh, like, our friend Tom Free has gone through in Missouri. I mean, literally, he's worked on that property for, what, three years? Uh, and, and maybe taken 
at the most four deer off of it, and that was only because he brought out some disabled veterans and stuff and let them shoot one. But for the most part, he hasn't taken anything off of there. It's all been effort and money out there with bulldozers and cutting down cedar trees and then letting them lay for two years and then catching them on fire and burning the ground and I mean well, I, I know how he feels yeah I know how he it. feels the September my it's going to be a reset button for me because we're going to start cutting timber in September so see there you go I mean if you just get done doing that well, no, I mean, I've been, no. it's been hurricane. That was cleanup. hurricane. That's Timber. not, oh, okay. I'm actually, I actually might stand to make a few dollars this time. Um, this is getting the difference. These ones go out on a truck. The other ones get piled up with a bulldozer because they're in the middle of the road. Yeah. yeah. And either turn into a burn pile or turn into places for cottontails to live. Jeez, I'm That's but about it. No, uh, the quest, I will say this. And we, I was joking around with my, we had to go by and see my grandparents this week. And, I was joking with him about it when they were up there the other day. They went by and looked at the property, and I said, "Did you see my? Did you hear my quail? I've got probably anywhere between four to six coveys, really, of quail, and it's the the well. And I'm trying to enhance the CRP and enhance the coverage, like Bill was saying. I'm trying to leave certain areas where they've got the cover to get away from them, and obviously, you've seen in my several videos. I'm not afraid to shoot a coyote and raccoons and other animals that are detrimental to said wildlife. <laughs> so, How you know. How dare you? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? Have you thought about uh, letting some domesticateds go with them and try to hook up with the coyotes? I have uh, a friend uh, that lives in Georgia, and he works with Mossy Oak, and he studies quail. And we've had, he actually hunted with is one of the guys that's hunted with me for the last couple of years in New Mexico. And we had that. We were out there. You know, out there one day in New Mexico looking, driving around, and we actually had that conversation. They have tried on several different occasions to introduce wild birds with domesticated birds. And the problem, the biggest problem people don't realize with quail in general, a fire ant is the biggest killer for quail and turkeys and all that as far as destroying the nests. The problem that you have with the domesticated birds and the wild birds is they don't know how to raise the hatchlings. That was the biggest issue they found with the whole study that they did. Hmm. So, and he said, I mean, and he, th this guy, they worked, they worked at plantations where they were turning hundreds, I mean, hundreds of birds, uh, you know, in the incubators that they have that they can leave out in the woods and actually incubate the birds in the woods, not pin raised. You know, and then turn them loose. And turn them loose. And he said they would do studies in between predation, the fire ants, and everything else. He said those birds would last maybe a month. So, wait, let me get this right. So, the ones that they release, they may learn the behavior from hanging with the wild covey. But when it comes to raising the babies, yeah, they, they, were just, they, they do, weren't mothers. Yeah, they just do a horrible job at it. So, yeah. it's not them. It's the offspring that suffer. Yeah, exactly. So well, it, it's just the mother's... It's the difference between having a wild hen and a domesticated hen. The wild hen, obviously, like what we're saying, knows what to do, what you know, where to put the nest, to do stuff like that, to where the domesticated hen is just lay the eggs and have at it. They'll be fine. Yeah. That's I mean, good. They'll be fine. If they're, here, if they're here when I get back, oh, well, if they're not, you know. I'll just lay more. I mean, that's maybe, maybe I won't. Yeah. I don't know. Depends on if that's if she doesn't there. get picked off by a hawk or something, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, that's true. I know it's a tough one, but 
I was just going to say, if you're going to get her done, uh, go hit your local stores. Go get your feed stores. Go hit Jonathan's place. Go do what you got to do and uh, start getting that stuff out there. I know Bill George has already been working on his. Before he left to go to Pennsylvania, he was out there and um, uh, did his uh, last. Did you do your last burn, or are you doing one more if it dries up out there, or are you pretty much done with Where, yours? Where's that? Up there at the lease, up there at your place. I got a very, very bad call when I got back to Florida. Why? What happened, buddy? <sighs> oh, you have somebody. Heard. Somebody wow. decided to outbid us on the lease, and the landowner gave us till the end of the month to be out. You're kidding me. No. Oh, dude. So, the only thing I am grateful for is I did not put a couple hundred dollars worth of Hancock seed in the ground. And call somebody, somebody with a bobcat and a pecan <laughs> to come clear out some pellets. <laughs> and, and have somebody else hunting over it. So you got to be kidding me, man. I mean, you no. have a contract so, or something like well, that? Or is it's it, year uh, to year. And the, 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 I can't tell you how many years this club has had that lease. Right. And I have been very blessed. To have had that opportunity for as many years as we did. Um, what about loyalty? <laughs> what yeah, about money? Yeah, it's money man. <laughs> yeah, but how it's much money. money are we talking? How much of a difference is the you big? You didn't even get a chance to have the conversation. You so, don't. They, he, um, really? the, the owner makes that decision. Yeah, and and so um, could be his from, brother-in-law. From what I understand, it's a single family that's going to come in, not a group of people, and um, chances are it's a friend. Of theirs, so of course, you know, so or family. You're trying so to say we gotta go hog hunting uh, soon. next week? Soon, <laughs> you better go real soon. Start like cleaning next, them like out of there. Next Saturday, we're not doing the show, and we're just going right out. Uh, I probably need to do the show next Saturday, but <laughs> Sunday we may be Sunday morning doing it. If you're allowed to go out, on dude, Sunday. I'm sorry I'm to good. hear that, that's man. Wrong. That's 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 upsetting. I mean, it's it's that sucks. That's a. It was a good lease, and it was in a good spot. And uh, somebody's daughter needs to go out there real quick too. You guys yeah. actually did next Sunday. Let's go. Did he? I know you didn't. Uh, I know you didn't say that you put a lot of money into it. But when you think about how many hours you've spent out there doing oh, the work that you've done, lots I mean, of hours. Th- that adds up to multi thousands of dollars. Uh, you know, uh, even if it was eight bucks an hour, I mean, it's that's a lot of effort you put but, into there. But I'm going to convert that lease payment into travel hunts. Oh, really? Yep. So is it going to be like a big leased bus or RV? Where I know we an outfitter that can help you out with that. Ah, there you go. You get to go to New Mexico finally and shoot some blue quail. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go shoot some dove. <laughs> no one's talking to you. All right, we're going to take a break. <laughs> Top of the hour, it's the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by G5 Feet Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay right there. <laughs>